Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And uh, in the category of recent results, uh, let us start off with that uh, wonderful display of boxing skill by uh, Jake Paul in his fight with Tommy Fury most recently. As we all know, according to the British press, uh, Tommy Fury's victory in uh, Saudi Arabia was an impressive display of determination. He was able to outclass one of the biggest names in influencer boxing and took another huge step forward in his young career. While we may not have seen the last of Paul in the ring, it is clear that Fury has established himself as a force to be reckoned with. Now, all you English fans listening to this might be wondering what the Americans are saying. So let me uh, take a look for you. Charles Brunn, as you know, one of my favorite writers on BoxingNews24.com has this to say. Deontay Wilder says the referee cost Jake Paul the victory on Sunday night by immediately taking a point away within three, uh, uh, within giving three warnings for a punch without giving three warnings uh, for a punch behind the head of Tommy Fury in the fifth round in their eight-round fight over in Saudi Arabia. If you count all the fouls that Tommy Fury did in the fight, Jake easily should have won the fight, perhaps even by disqualification. What was particularly odd about the penalization by the referee is that he not only failed to warn Jake, but it wasn't even a rabbit punch. He was in one of the countless clinches that Tommy Fury had initiated and was getting hit on the side and the back of the head. Jake Paul was literally fighting two people inside the ring all night. The clincher, spoiler, fowler, Tommy Fury, and the referee, who failed to penalize him enough to get him to stomp with the extracurricular stuff he was doing. When Jake responded with a punch to the side of Tommy's head, the referee docked him a point. The thing is, it wasn't even a rabbit punch. In the previous round, in the fourth, Tommy threw a clear rabbit shot that he loaded up on, and with everything he had, the referee failed to react. It wasn't just that time. Tommy was, fearing, was throwing rabbit punches, holding and hitting, clinching the entire fight excessively. With all the clinching, rabbit punching, holding and hitting Tommy was doing, Jake should have won the fight going away. I mean, it was a clinic, says Charles Brunn that Tommy put on with all the rough house tactics, and sadly, he failed to penalize. The writer lost count of the number of times that Tommy fouled, and he arguably should have been penalized six or seven times with all the rough house tactics. John Day Wilder believes Jake Paul beat Tommy Fury and has blamed the referee for deducting a point against the American. Wilder said, I think Jake got that one. It was an immature point. The referee is supposed to give him at least three warnings. He gave him no warnings. Get out of here. I think Jake Paul should have won with the knockdown. He sealed it. He got that point taken away. I think Jake Paul needed that knockdown. And when he did, it evened it out. I think he only gave it to Fury because of the point taken. Well, there you go, fight fans. There's a, another opinion on the uh, Jake Paul Tommy Fury fight and let's move along to uh, some of the undercard results even though Badu Jack thought he was the main event um, he beat uh, the WBC cruiserweight champ Pilunga Makuba uh, 
He was now 29-3 with 29 knockouts, fighting out of Johannesburg, South Africa. And he lost his title uh, by being stopped uh, by the two, uh, by the former two-division champ, Better Jack, as I said, also known as the Ripper, who's now 28-3-3 with 17 knockouts, who's fighting out of Dubai these days uh, at 54 seconds in the 12th round. Um, uh, by the 11th round, Jack had landed a right to the, the head and dropped Makuba, uh, Makabu for an eight round count from the referee Lyson in the 12th and final round. Jack rocked Makabu with an overhand right, driving him to the ropes and followed with a flurry of punches, forcing the referee to call a halt to the fight. In other uh, undercard news, lightweight Bader Samrin out of Amman, Jordan, uh, fought uh, Vyalral Simeon out of Romania and won at 1 minute 26 seconds of the first round of the scheduled eight-round fight uh, by, quote-unquote, battering Simeon with a flurry of punches, forcing referee Daniel Vandeville to call a halt to the fight. In other action, we saw cruiserweight Munson Quezon, 11-0, eight knockouts out of Las Vegas, stopping uh, Tariel uh, Jafarov. He's 18-6 now, 17 knockouts, fighting out of uh, uh, Kazakh. Uh, after two rounds due to an injured finger in the scheduled eight-rounder. However, in the first round, uh, Kisan knocked uh, Jafarov down for an eight-count uh, from referee uh, Daniel Vandeville. And welterweight, in the welterweight division, Zayad Ziso Amayut, who's now 2-0 of Saudi Arabia uh, and LA, I might add, uh, beat uh, Ronald Martinez of uh, Quito, Ecuador, in four rounds. In the first round, Martinez uh, dropped Almayut for an eight-round uh, for an eight-count, um, and Almayut would rally in the next three rounds to take a 38-37 decision on all cards. Elsewhere on that card, we saw super lightweight Adam Sala, who's 1-0 oh, and 1 now with one knockout, out of East Meadows, New York. He stopped Stuart evil hero Kellogg, who's now 0-1, uh, out of L.A., California, uh, ending in the first round of a scheduled four-rounder due to our injured right arm. Also refereeing was uh, same guy, uh, Daniel Vandeville. So uh, lots of action over in Saudi Arabia, and finally an end to the ongoing conversations between uh, Tommy Fury and Jake Paul, that we've become accustomed to this past week and have reported on dutifully, um, mainly for the entertainment value, I might add. But uh, in other recent news, let's flip over to the, the ladies and see how uh, Heather Hardy did. Um, she, as you know, uh, lost not only her father, uh, who is also her trainer recently, uh, but lost uh, her most two recent fights against Amanda Serrano and Jessica Camara. So she was looking for a bit of a comeback, and uh, she was fighting uh, a pretty tough customer in uh, Tena Cardosa, who's out of Brazil. And uh, it was a tough uh, eight-round majority decision, but Heather Hardy won it uh, on scores of 78-74, 77-75 uh, for Heather the Heat Hardy. Uh, with the third judge having the fight all even at 76-76. So now Hardy is 24-2, uh, and two, uh, Cardoso falls to 5-2. and two. As you might know, Hardy is a hugely popular fighter who's been in with the best and who ruled as WBO featherweight champ from October 2018 to tw uh, September the following year 
the following year, as I said, when she lost that decision to Amanda Serrano in a unification fight. Uh, she says uh, she wants one more world title chance at either 126, 130, or 135 pounds. Uh, the fight Hardy seems most keen on getting is a return fight with Serrano, who will, as we know, rematch Katie Taylor in Ireland later this year. Hardy, who took some hefty shots against the Brazilian, suffers from swelling around one of her eyes as a result, says she is worthy of contention, and she feels Serrano may well grant her that rematch. Uh, she said, I know I'm just coming back, for, uh, but my resume speaks for itself. I'm worthy of contention. Amanda was the first one to step up and say, girl, I got you back. She got a rematch against Katie. No disrespect. Champs fight champs. Uh, but she's from Brooklyn. Word means everything. She gave it to me. So back in the gym on Monday, uh, as we all know, Hardy's been boxing as a pro since uh, 2012. Uh, has also tried her hand at MMA. Has thrilled fans with all her, with her all-action style. And it'd be really quite a story if she got one final chance at world title glory to say nothing of how big it would be if Hardy could actually win another world title. Hardy's tough and never uh, having, uh, Hardy's tough, never having been stopped. Let's see how much momentum she can achieve with the latest comeback. Speaking of comeback in a weird sort of way, let's flip over to good old Adrian Broner. Now we've been talking about good old Adrian Broner for a while. Uh, especially with his signing to BLK Prime and his anticipated fight against uh, Mike. Oh, gosh, what was his name? Michael Williams. Okay, so that fight didn't happen because Mike Williams uh, got injured. And now it seems that Adrian Broner and BLK have uh, BLK Prime have parted ways. And, but it might seem, given by uh, how uh, Rosie speaks of their parting, that Adrian Broner might have got some of the money he was owed because it was was a, it was for a lengthy contract. And if BLK Prime had an early clause in the contract, that might explain why there's going to be a different direction now with Broner. It'd be interesting to know uh, what led to the BLK Prime and Broner parting their ways. Uh, was that the low pay-per-view numbers for his recently canceled fight against Mike Williams Jr.? Adrian Broner was supposed to fight Williams, as we all know, on February 25th, uh, but due to a jaw injury suffered by uh, Mike Williams, uh, it resulted in the fight being cancelled. Uh, so uh, Broner said, "I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna come out and say it. Let everyone know, me and BLK Prime have decided to part ways. There's no bad blood. They just couldn't deliver everything that I needed at my point, at this point in my career. Right now, I'm in tip-top shape. I got myself in shape. I dropped all my vices. I'm not clubbing. I'm not drinking. I'm ready to start fighting. Hit me up. Adrian Broner is a free agent. Let's do this. As I said." I'm ready to fight today. Anybody can get it. The can man is back. Now, quite a while ago, you might remember that uh, Eddie Hearn had offered a, a contract to Adrian, bon Adrian Broner, which he did uh, turn down. So I don't think uh, Eddie Hearn's going to step up and, and offer him another deal, which might only leave uh, uh, Golden Boy as his only option. So let's see what happens to Adrian Broner. But I think... He's past his prime, and I don't think any of the, the bigger promotions companies are going to make him that offer that he wants. We'll see what happens. But I have a dollar in my pocket, uh, so maybe he'll take that deal. Um, it looks like uh, the never-ending Connor Ben story is uh, ongoing. Uh, the embattled British welterweight told the Daily Mail that he is preparing to sue the British 
Boxing Board of Control to the tune of 3.5 million pounds. Uh, the boxers frequently butted heads with the regulatory body that oversees prize fighting in the United Kingdom over the handling of his two failed performance-enhancing drug tests from last year, and which led to the cancellation of his highly publicized 157-pound catchweight fight against Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, ben told uh, the newspaper that he believes the board has an agenda and that its conduct toward him has been inconsistent with what he feels has been far more lenient procedures for drug-troubled fighters in the past. He said, I've always, I've always been innocent, and the board have known about this for ages, except they chose to call a show off against Eubank two days before the day of the fight. There's been other fighters in the past who've tested positive, uh, and the board have done nothing. They've still allowed uh, the fight to happen. It's just baffling to me, Ben continued. I don't know if there's an agenda there or if they're out for me because my dad ripped up his British boxing license on television. According to the Daily Mail, Ben's threat to sue the board comes out of the reported $7 million, sorry, $7 million pound purse he was to share with Eubank and subsequently missed out on once their fight was canceled last October. The board, in conjunction with United Kingdom Anti-Doping, is currently investigating Ben. Then their findings could determine whether or not Ben faces a ban in his country. News of Ben's plans to ramp up his legal muscle comes as the World Boxing Council closed its own months-long investigation into Ben's failed drug tests for banned substances, uh, including clomiphene, a fertility drug that boosts testosterone levels in men. The WBC put out a statement last week uh, that it found reasonable Ben's explanation that a highly elevated consumption of eggs led to his testing for clomiphene in two separate instances, and it therefore could not conclude that Ben, quote, engaged in intentional or knowing indigestion, sorry, ingestion of clomiphene. As a result, Ben will be reinstated into the sanctioning body's welterweight rankings. The conclusions of the WBC, however, go against a major tenet of the World Anti-Doping Agency, which governs the BBBOC, which is that a drug violation occurs regardless of the athlete's intentions, negligent or otherwise. The purview of the WBC investigation is limited to determining Ben's place in their own ranking system, uh, the far more significant BBBOC UCAD in investigation, on the other hand, will see whether or not Ben can legitimately box in his homeland. Nevertheless, on social media, Ben and his supporters treated the WBC's results as a victory tantamount to clearing his name. A seemingly re-inspired Ben lashed out at former opponents Chris Algieri and Chris van der Yeden, who and also picked the fight with Errol Spence on Twitter. Uh, in an Instagram post, uh, Ben posted a selfie of himself flicking off his critics. The BBBOC immediately issued a statement after the WBC released its verdict, insisting that their own investigation would not be affected by the sanctioning body's findings. The BBBOC, moreover, pointed out once again that it has not been privy to the same body of evidence that Ben's lawyers had submitted to the WBC. Finally, a little bit more positive news, shall we say, in the world of boxing. Uh, Christech Bazadua signs a promotional deal with Matchroom. 
Bazaldua has signed a promotional deal with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom. He's an amateur, amateur sensation, and he's set to make his professional debut on March 4th at the Pala de Portavia Arena in Mexico. It's going to be shown exclusively on the zone over four rounds at late lightweight against Jose Bustamante, who's 1 0. Bazaldua uh, brings a glittering CV into the paid ranks, and the rangy southpaw exits the amateur code as the number one ranked fighter at 139 pounds in 2022, a six-time national champ, and the 2022 WBC U.S. amateur champion. The 18-year-old has a stellar team behind him now with her in a matchroom joining world-renowned trainer Manny Robles, who is looking to make El Flaco the first world champion he's trained from the amateurs and manager Richard Moore, who guides the career of Somali Olympian and unbeaten super bantamweight Ramla Ali. Uh, said Basil Doa, I'm humbled and privileged to sign a professional contract with a leading promotional company in Matchroom. It become, it, it's become the home for incredible Mexican talent here and across the U.S. with the likes of Canelo Alvarez, Jesse Rodriguez, Juan Francisco Estrada, Julio Cesar Martinez, and Maurizio Lara on the roster. I hope I can entertain La Raza and Latin fans equally over these next few years and win over their hearts. All right, boxing fans, thank you very much for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight. I appreciate it very much. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. And we'll see you later on at 4 p.m. when I join Cedric Ben and Mike Gore for their show, Knuckle Up. Thank you.